Please listen carefully. Nat, you know what you should do? You should start a TikTok. I figured this I'm out. I'm thinking about that kind of content. Start, uh, make a TikTok, and then you're going to draw photos. You're going to film yourself drawing on your, with your, what is it called? Apple pen, whatever the fuck. You know what I'm talking about. You're going to draw. People are going to send you in recommendations like books and shit, and then you're just going to draw the scenes and sell them on a store and then also get your TikTok views. So I think you could do that. I will say the, the things that I've seen of that have been like Sarah J. Mash bullshit, but we as a collective could find more. <laughs> Guild, for example, there's not a lot. This is the market you need to get in. Not a lot of people have been drawing that fucking ribbon woman. <laughs> now is yeah, your time. Why are, you drawing, why are you drawing more erotica? Nah, that's the real Yeah, question. exactly. Two, two peens and a V something. <laughs> What's up, sisters? Welcome back to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister, the Literary Scam Podcast. I'm Christina. I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. Today we have something a little bit special. You may have noticed that we took kind of a long break at the end of Should you say that? Yeah. I was just like, leave. We're a transparent podcast. Let's talk about it. I'm just like, who cares? (laughs) I was just going to say, because who can blame us? Like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? And it was life. And we said none of this. But we had to come out of retirement when this news broke. You know what I'm saying? This was the reinvigoration this podcast needed was the news of the arrest of Filippo Bernardini, uh, who is allegedly the elusive publishing manuscript theft scammer uh, who has been pretending to be other people to get unpublished manuscripts of public of like bestsellers, but also books you'll never in your life would have read even after they were published. Uh, It's a truly wild scenario. And we were like, well, we have to talk about this because no one else will listen to us. So if we just make a podcast episode about it, you know, the 30 people that listen will be forced. It's truly been very hard to do anything because I feel like we're all yelling about what we want to talk about, like things that we've read, watched, whatever, whatever's in the news. But it's been like, we haven't had the podcast to outlet it. So I feel like I'm just doing it at everyone. <laughs> I definitely, I've been more annoying. Like it's, it's less fun to talk to me right now because I'm like, no, but I really want to go in depth on this thing that nobody else wants to at all. Let's break down each clue. Yeah, but you guys have no choice but to listen to me go in depth on stuff because we're recording. And normally I have power of the recording button. But not today. But not today. (laughs) Um, So with that said, uh, Nat has been our investigative reporter on this and has pulled up some some facts, some details. We're going to lightly go over. I think what's important is that most people who hear about this have known about the scam for years and have Mm -hmm. just found out who's been accused and who this person is. And I think before we go into it, let's give a brief rundown of who Filippo Bernardini is. Um, Just so you know a little bit about this man before we tell you the truly absurd things that he allegedly has spent the last couple years doing. So Filippo, 29 years old. He's a... My age. A a, a fresh millennial is what what I like to call him. A youth. I believe not, that's not, an elder millennial, is it not? Uh, I'm so I'm, fresh and young. Yeah, I was going to say I'm an elder millennial, but I don't know that. Okay, maybe not. Fuck, I don't know, man. Whatever. He He's fresh to me. Fresh-faced, except not quite so in the photo. <laughs> it looks like he's seen some things. 
Um, his Twitter account, I don't know if it's still active, but it, it's it's an interesting photo. Um, apparently, according to his LinkedIn, he is a rights associate or assistant of some sort at Simon & Schuster. He's obviously likely no longer having that job or his job's been frozen or paused or whatever. Simon was it Schuster. even real to begin with? Oh, it was real. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Only works for Simon, Simon & Schuster UK. made sure that they were absolved of any... <laughs> any guilt out of this and which is hilarious to me because in one article i read not to go like totally off topic here but they were like the article made sure to say simon and schuster in no way did any wrongdoing and i was like i don't believe that's true not in the case of this wire fraud obviously but in other cases in other ways but anyway he is a rights assistant he out um he's done some like translation work i think i saw that he like knows mandarin or something like that but part of his crimes have to do with some of, like, the translation work that he did. Um, and so I guess he worked with a lot of, like, people internationally as well. Hence why this is such a global publishing thing that has happened. Other than that, I don't really know much. I think he tried for quite a few years to get a job in publishing, but was, like, struggling. Because <laughs> it was, like, not good timing from what I saw on his LinkedIn page. Um, and then eventually became a rights coordinator and then an assistant. And that is all I know about Filippo Bernardini. It's just wild because the to go through what we're about to talk through of everything that's been known about him, that like of everything about this scammer is very much has like a larger in life than life element to it. And then to find out that it's like a junior publishing employee has turned this man into a little bit of a hero where maybe it's not deserved, but it is fucking funny. It makes total sense to me. Yeah. Like when this article, the initial article that was on like the vulture or something um, came out, it was like a huge art. It's like, what? Like probably 30 pages long. It's fucking long. When it first came out, I was like, absolutely. This is a junior staffer. There's no way. (laughs) There's a bitterness to these crimes that is so telling that like, this is not like somebody who's high up and has the power to be able to like, bother people and aggravate people without any reprimand this is a junior staffer well people in publishing are ancient and they barely know how to use an email so of course it's going to be the point young oh, yeah. person and this who is, knows yeah, how to do it this is the other part where it's like so technically savvy that you're like why are you <laughs> why it's not that technically savvy i mean it's, it's technically it's, savvy enough to make a free email account okay, or use a stolen credit card as, to make a as vpn people, as people that have previously been publishing Every other month, you get an email about what a phishing scam is. This man... But did the authors get that email? No. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's where they backfired. So I guess we could probably go into the alleged uh, crimes, crimes of, of Filippo. Filippo Bernardini. <laughs> That'll be the name of the eventual movie. The alleged crimes of Filippo Bernardini? The, no, the alleged pointless crimes? The alleged, alleged pointless crimes. So, because truly, and I, I want to say this before we get started, truly pointless. Like, after we give this rundown, we would talk about our theories and everything, but I want to let you know right off the bat, the one question you're going to have that is just not going to be answered is why. Because we still don't know. Yeah. There's not a good answer anywhere. So let's talk about the pointlessness of this. What do you, what do you got for us, Nat? Okay, so I think this started around, I want to say, like, 2017-ish. So it's actually not been that long since these crimes allegedly started. 2017? That's what I've started in publishing. Exactly. Okay, right? Like, this is shocking. This could be you. Could be me. (laughs) You could be Philippa. Anyway. I mean, the man has said he's not guilty. Maybe it is Steph. Not only am I Dumois, but I'm this guy. (laughs) 
Okay, so it came, um, it started when I think it was the fourth Millennium book for Stieg Larsson's series. And that's where it started, where the two, I think, agents in Sweden or whatever got an email asking for an unpublished manuscript for that fourth one, which was like a crazy anticipated release. Um, Or it was a fifth book or something like that. And they were like, oh, that's... It came from, I guess, one of their agents. I can't even remember the name. Some agent or whatever that they were working with. The, yeah, the, the names don't matter. Yeah, yeah. Translator or agent, whoever they were working with. And it was absolutely that person's name, apparently. But here's the thing. You look a little bit carefully. You're like, oh, okay. But like, they were very protective of the manuscript, I would say, which is what tipped them off about the scam. Because they were like, there's password protection. There's like, um, everything is like under lock and key. And then he kept asking for the password as this person. be like, oh, I lost it. Oh, like, blah, blah, blah. And normally these things would work because I think somebody could have emailed me when I was working at whatever publishing company I was working at. And they could have been like, I'm looking for this manuscript. I don't even work in editorial. And I would have been like, yeah, let me just pull the manuscript for you. I would have been like, yeah, sure whatever like i wouldn't even think twice i'm such an idiot but like these people were like oh no somebody's trying to steal this manuscript for sure and i was like who thinks like that but then like obviously this person is caught they're like not caught but like they figure out it's not the person that they thought they were talking to because they messaged that person privately and they realize oh totally separate email or totally separate phone number whatever and then you look carefully and the emails are all like you know phishing scam style like instead of like Simon and Schuster, the M will be replaced with like an R and an N. So it looks similar. You know, it's using that trick of the eyes. Penguin so- Randorn House. <laughs> Randorn House, which I love. But like, so, so freaking typical. And one of my favorite things about this is obviously a uh, shout out to our favorite publishing meme, uh, meme Instagrams, XOXO Publishing, and I believe Publishers Brunch for... Who was that? Somebody made a comment or a meme or whatever. They're like, the same people that cannot discern between Penguin Randorn House (laughs) and Penguin Random House are the same people that spell your name wrong in the email after you've clearly written to them with your name in the signature. And I was like, yes, absolutely. That's 100% it. Um, So this is how it kind of starts. This is how it kicks off. But this continues to happen over the years. Like people keep being asked about different um, manuscripts. The famously Testaments by Margaret Atwood. That one was definitely hunted by this person, allegedly. (laughs) I say allegedly for this one because um, if you do not know the history of Margaret Atwood, she's a very paranoid person about her manuscripts to the point where she refused to have ebook rights created for her books for the longest time which is hilarious to me. <laughs> I don't know why, but, you know, that's that's what it is. Um, Ethan Hawke, apparently, his nine novels or whatever were at risk. But then also what's interesting about this is, like, publishing manuscripts of, like, people that were nobody. Like, debut yeah. authors. Like, people... And, I mean, like, there's nothing wrong with that, obviously, because they could be very good manuscripts, but it was just, but like... how would you even know? Exactly. Like, and, and I mean, like, as... A rights assistant, I assume that he would have had his eyes on a lot of these manuscripts, but it seemed to be following um, as as like the investigative reporter that did that Vulture article said, like following a lot of like the announcements or sometimes the pre, I think before the announcements in, you know, like the announcement of like this person's being published with this book or whatever. Yeah. What are those called? Yeah. Publisher Weekly. Doesn't yeah, whatever. Anything. Anyway, yeah. it's like, it's a thing that you subscribe to. You have to pay for it, essentially, if your company doesn't pay for it, but... 
it I'm would... sure Simon and Schuster UK does. <laughs> exactly. But it seemed to always follow those, even though, like, presumably this person is in the industry because they're using names that they clearly are well not well-known people in the industry, but, like, only known within, like, the rights area, translation, all of that. Uh, another one of the crimes was the translating thing that somebody talked about when we were discussing with some friends was um, they were supposed to do translation work, but they didn't do it. No. So I think there's two things here. I think the broader thing to talk about are all his pointless crimes, alleged pointless crimes yeah. of like stealing manuscripts and doing nothing with them and all of this randomness. There are a handful of things that are like legitimate crimes that maybe do not turn this into like a junior staffer hero story Yeah, where he basically hired a bunch of translators to translate work for him under the guise of being one of the like editors he was impersonating and then obviously never paid them. Yeah. And then because they didn't have a real contract with anyone real, they never got paid for that translation work, even though they did it. So like wage theft um, and some credit card fraud as well. Mm. But I think those are very separate from the like, not from the, from the pointless, the, part the of victimless this. crimes, the, the yes. victimless crimes. <laughs> truly they are victimless because there were no ransom notes, no ransom asks, nothing that we know of. I don't know that a publisher would ever admit to it or an author would ever admit to it. But like he took the manuscripts and then did what? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Is that a crime? (laughs) (laughs) Victimless crime. Here's what's crazy about this, though, because he had ever... Okay, so the FBI talks about, oh, the motive is that he just wasn't... Like, he wanted the ideas ahead of time, and he wanted... But he just wasn't creative enough to publish something. But he wasn't... And get away with it. But here's the thing. As somebody in the publishing industry, especially a junior staffer, you know you cannot get away with stealing an idea like that. Like, if you took... Margaret Atwood's testaments you somehow got that and you published that it first of all it wouldn't be published before testaments because it's already out there it's already been edited it's already going to be published before yours you have to go through an agent you have to go through the publisher there's edits that's going to take a year two years maybe before that goes out there at that point you're going to look like you stole the idea therefore it would point exactly to you but he could have just like thinking from my experience why didn't he take that manuscript make it an epub put it on self publishing that is exactly what That's he should have done obviously didn't do that, didn't do that didn't either do that. so like to me i'm like he and the thing is the thing is we know he's okay with technology so he clearly could potentially do an ebook that's not that hard but that would be that i think is the like that's something that leaves a trail to be able to anytime you're going to be getting money from any of these things i think that's when it would clearly point to someone one of the things that made it so hard for them to identify who this person was for four years is because nothing was happening with the manuscripts they were doing all of this identity theft they were going through and making all of these emails again for with what is, is alleged they gave it to him they gave him yeah, that password I mean, I they sent that manuscript yeah it's their fault like you telling me this yeah, guy be, be, I, be to better. be fair to be fair i do think it's still considered theft because if i got your password from you for your pin card for your debit without you realizing what i was asking for and i took all your money i think it would still count as yeah, but like, i gave you but, a piece of paper uh, no i gave you a, a word doc <laughs> But it's true. It's a PDF. No, no, no. The equivalent, the equivalent is you have the pin code to a bank account. You look in it, and then you just Take leave it. it. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point because like nothing can be done. It's just, it's wild. This man did nothing with these manuscripts, and it's, then like okay, apparently he registered. So like someone like the legal documents say he registered 
over 160 fake domains to do these crimes. These crimes, allegedly. For what reason? Like, it, like... Bro, take that time and write your own book. (laughs) The official story that the FBI and the prosecutors are saying is that he was trying to get inspiration for his own work and just didn't make it work. That's, I'm going to say this right out, that's stupid. If that's what this actually is, and they have some kind of proof or paper trail that says that, this becomes the saddest, loserest person I've ever seen in my life. Because what a shit, what a shit, like what wasted potential for you to come up with this plan for that And also, I want to say, if that's the case, I want to see his struggling novel that he's working on yeah i want to see that i want to see that you're stealing testaments millennium and then a like fucking random italian poetry tell me what you're working on some of them just random debuts like uh like fucking whatever and it's just like none of these have anything to do with you know what this reminds me of it reminds me of a reviewer emailing an author directly like can you send me your book that i can review them like, that's what it reminds me of. Like, that's essentially what that's, he's doing. But that's the thing. Like, if, when you work in publishing, you know it's the easiest thing in the world to get books yeah. before they're published. It's not hard. You can get on lists. Join NetGalley. Truly. This man probably got manuscripts, like, a few months before they here's, were on NetGalley. Here's crazy like, about this. Is one, not... of, one of the alleged ones that he took was from Dylan Farrow, her new book that came out, like, last year or whatever. I was given the manuscript right after they announced that. Like, I was just given it. They were like, oh, could you review this? And I was like, okay, whatever. I'll do it. It was in poor shape at that time. It hadn't even been basically edited. And I was like, he could have just been in this email list, apparently, because they forced it on me. So, like, it's like, the, what the easiest hell? thing in the world. So that's why it just doesn't make sense. It just does. That, that concept does not make sense at all. Um, the prevailing theory before all of this, before anybody had a name, before anyone had, I think the, the theory that also made people like junior staffers as well, kind of love the idea of this was it was just, he wanted to read them. He Honestly, I could fucking, like, I, I sympathize with that a hundred percent. I, there's an element to that that at least seems more realistic to me that if you were a giant fucking nerd, which you would be, we read his LinkedIn bio. We know that he is. That you would just be unwilling to wait. I think my prevailing theory is for me, there's an element to all of this that's just kind of like, I did it because I could. Like, I don't think this yeah. man, I don't think anyone, whether it was this man or someone else, sat down at their computer and said, I'm going to register 160 fake domains. I think someone said, you know, it would be really wild. What if I found a way to get the Millennium Manuscript? Because that one is the one that kicks it all off is one of the only ones that was genuinely fucking locked down. Like, they talk about in this Vulture article that it was, like, it was written on a computer with no access to the internet. Like, they stored this thing on, a, like, a physical server, not even the cloud. Like, this was a specific thing that they had saved. I feel like someone was like, man, I, I bet I could get it. Like, I know the industry well enough that I bet I could get it. And then he comes close and he doesn't get it. And he's like, oh, but I wonder what I could get. And then slowly he gets one. And then before you know it, your job is fucking boring, man. You're the rights coordinator for Simon & Schuster UK. I'm sure it's but you're doing the a thing. lot in the day, but do it's we... boring as fuck. So why wouldn't you do this? Okay, but do you actually think, I don't think the Millennium one was the first one he probably did. He probably No, did I don't think so first. either, but that is the biggest but this is one. That's but this the is one what, that would have been the get. This is what interests me more, because like, this is, like, obviously there's like a theory, obviously, um, how like, you know how hackers start off, they do it just like things just to try them out and like just for fun, basically, to see that they can do them. 
in in that sense, I do think that there's an element there that he probably tried, got away with it, then got very bold and went for the Millennium one and was like, boom, I could do this and then wasn't able to do it. But however, he did succeed in other other areas. Allegedly, I said he <laughs> allegedly could be Steph. Um, but, <laughs> but like, I think those are the one books of, I want. <laughs> one of my theories is that I think he genuinely is a bitter junior staffer. That's and what that I think. He's doing things some to people that he probably knows because he clearly knows their names, knows where they work. Um, even like little elements of his conversation, if you read the article, are like so interesting because it's like he knows what the weather is like, where they are, like kind of bits of their conversation because he does like also there's this element where he's actually seeing some of their conversations somehow, which is so weird. That was a piece of information that I thought, again, I think that burns into the territory of like not as victimless where it, it appeared that at least with one person, he actually managed to get into their their email email account and was reading their emails as it was coming in so that he could like mimic their speech and mimic their thing, which and then also, would to respond like, to emails to, me- to that email. And you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> but that to me, again, is truly like, because I can, because I can. Like, I honestly I, think there's I an can. element of bitterness here because there's something I think there's I think like because as a junior staffer, as you know, you are well worn. You are jaded. You, there are people he's not the, getting paid much. He's not getting paid much. People you're probably you're pe- rude meeting to him. people. You're meeting people that you fucking become enemies with for the rest of your life. And guess what? Sometimes you just want to take it out of them. I can steal this fucking manuscript because I can. And that is a little um, secret petty I get to keep to myself. And then in the meantime, this mystery has arisen in the publishing industry. And you're sitting there. And then he gets cocky because it's become this huge mystery in the publishing industry. And that's where he's like, I'm just going to keep doing it. Even to people I'm not bitter about. I mean, I'm sure he's had an agent yell at him or like a rude email. We've all had those. You meet an author that you think you like and they're not as nice as you were hoping. And you're like, I don't like your attitude. Fuck you. I'm going to steal your book and read it before anyone else. But then not do anything about it. Again. The the thing that leaves me with the like, I do think, of course, bitterness is an element. I mean, again, that's why XOXO Publishing and Publishers Brunch <laughs> are in love with the concept of this person. Because again, largely, except for a few incidences, these are wildly victimless crimes. Um, except for a few situations where I think the responses get a bit out of hand once it's clear that someone knows that they're talking to a scammer and they bait him a bit. I When I saw that he called one person a cunt, my immediate reaction when we knew, like, it allegedly is this guy, I was like, sir, that's not your word. Like, you're not Australian. You can't get away with casually dropping that in a sentence, okay? Put that back. Um, but is, like, if there was, I, I would expect more to be done with this for an element of bitterness. I would expect, like, like put it online for free, like piracy. To Do we like, know that I, it's not on the black web, d- black web, dark web? From what everyone can tell, they're nowhere. And and I think if it was, the FBI wouldn't say the reason for this was that bullshit reason that they yeah. gave of like yeah. he's trying to find an inspo for his own manuscript or whatever. What's so? I think they would say like he was so enacting what's, revenge. What's really funny about this to me is there's okay the publishing industry rife with drama, with scandal, whatever. There's something every year. I think I believe when this was there's still happening. Yeah, there's uh, when this was still happening in an ongoing investigate quote unquote investigation. It probably wasn't at that 
that time. There was another scandal with the author of like Woman Woman in the Window or whatever, where you like found out he was like a like an editor at whatever Penguin Random House or something, or no Harper Collins maybe, and like pissed in a glass in somebody's office and left it like there's whole scandals where you're like why did you do this but also there's like elements of bitterness or like it's greed or it's like this or it's like what publishing is a wild industry because people are insane in publishing however this one this one special it's very special special because it's like what are you (laughs) i also think there's an element like okay when you talk about the um is aj flynn was that his pen name yeah for woman in the window there's an element of entitlement that, like, one, that man got so high in his job despite the fact that he was a known liar, like a known pathological liar, um, to the extent that people were like, do you have a condition? Like, is this a thing? Um, but so often the people that are being wild are, like, well known to be execs who are going to keep their job forever because it's publishing and that's how it works. And it's just so often that, like... It doesn't matter how bad the person, what the how bad what the person said was. Their dad created Simon and Schuster, so they're never losing their job. You know what I mean? But there's something about this that was just. I want to know more about Filippo. Is what I'm saying here because like <laughs> there's something going. Because okay, here here's the crazy part. His obviously he was basically he was arrested at JFK Airport in New York. Um, he lives in Italy normally. So, like, this is weird. Why is he in New York? I think he might have been visiting his friend, but then Christina said that they may have asked him to visit as a trick or something. I thought that that was possible, but I did, while just before we started, I was reading something else that kind of sounded like probably he was just visiting. But it's not uncommon for, um, if you, especially in America, if they're going to try to arrest somebody in another country, they would reach out to you in another country with a lawyer and say, you know, if you step onto us or there's a warrant out for your arrest and if you don't want that you could make a plea to willingly go and be treated with like the awareness that you willingly came you're not a flight risk you're trying to clear your name that's that is, is a thing that is possible and when we knew nothing it's like bro why are you in a plane in a pandemic like you know i would hope that they signed an agreement but i was reading something that said my personal favorite was apparently he had a quote that said uh, I'm not a U.S. citizen. How can I be charged in the U.S.? Um, and it sounds like there's a friend that he can stay with kind of came up last minute. So I do think it sounded like he was probably coming here on vacation and they knew that he was coming. And so they arrested him straight up. At the but couldn't they just ask the Itali- it- Italian? Yeah, Italian authorities to arrest him for him. Like, that's what they usually do. Not if the Italian authority, not if he doesn't, he's not committed a crime in Italy. No, but like if you have like a warrant out for someone's arrest and they flee to Canada, you maybe can tell they, that, no, a hundred percent. They probably ask Italian authorities and they're and like, they're like no. "Who's the victim?" Yeah, <laughs> it's like for what? Like if Italy is not looking into this at all, they could think this is a stupid thing and be like, "What a waste of our time!" Because the FBI did this. The FBI, like, there's nothing more important for you to be dealing with. That's what here's, I'm saying. Here's, here's what's important. This is why I want to know more about Filippo because. His bail was set at 300000 It's a pretty a high amount because of flight risk or whatever. They have him monitored electronically right now. He was able to pay bail by whatever, posting his house mortgage or whatever. Leveraging his partner's house, yeah. How How did they afford the house? <laughs> on a rights assistant salary? Or, like, I guess it depends on what his partner does. Yeah. I mean, Italy is cheap. Like, it was apparently, it was his partner's house. I guess, I guess Depending on where in Italy as well, like, not everything is Milan. Twist. <laughs> um, what if it's the partner? 
Mm. Man, who knows? We don't know what <laughs> evidence is pointing towards man. Like, that's also something to be aware of. Law enforcement's not good. Like, we've seen that multiple times. Everything that we have to go off right now that this is real is that the FBI has said so and that his LinkedIn profile kind of looks like a <laughs> But also, like, it, like they're like, oh, but he's been registered to 160. But what we discovered is that a lot of the registrations were done to fake fake accounts too so i'm like what's to say that this isn't also fake i mean not that i believe that he is innocent but again i'm like i would say at this point there's a reason to say alleged this does not feel like there's anything concrete it's just immediately believable and i think you want the mystery to be solved and the idea and like his name is perfect for this you absolutely would have this name if you were performing these crimes okay but let's say he does he did Put these 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 like EPUBs PDFs online for people to illegally download. They don't do anything about that in the real world. <laughs> that, well, so then if, if he had done like Margaret, if he had done Margaret Atwood, they could each individually sue him. So like somebody like Margaret Atwood, if he had done Ethan Hawke, Ethan Hawke could individually. But if sue I go him. online and Google, I can find an EPUB of that for free. Do you know who does does pursue those cases? J.K. Rowling. Well, she's a cunt. (laughs) (laughs) There's also, I think, a big difference between like, this is a thing that exists already. And I've just I've just downloaded it, removed the DRM and thrown it up for you to to download it versus this is a book that's not even published yet. But he could have waited and then waited for the pub. Maybe maybe he's like the rest of us publishing job has him down he's doing three people's jobs he always intended to put it out there and sell them but he just is like i'm so exhausted by the end of the day i just gotta (laughs) but i mean if someone like starting out and someone's like oh i can get you the nk jemison book early like you would be like oh "Oh, yeah 100 (laughs) percent. i've oh i've had that before i and then i would just i would just e-transfer her some money (laughs) But I, but when's the last, when have you ever had to pay for a manuscript or an arc in your life? They I, come the prefer- full time like, I've been in publishing, I've not bought a book. <laughs> I got the um, early copy of um, uh, Black Future Month, N.K. Jemison's anthology. I got that like a year and a half before it was published. I got the EPUB version from the publisher just because I was in a marketing meeting with and them. And then you literally sent it to me. So I read it as well. Yeah. So like, there's no reason to do any of this. I got that so long before that book came out. You literally Same. know so many people in publishing. You could just ask. I think the only time I've ever been turned down is when I was asking for um, Casey McQuiston's second book before it came out. Mm. And they definitely had arcs of it, and they definitely had e arcs, but we were still turned down. So I had like Holly Black's full like I'm Holly Black's on my mind because I just looked at her books, but like they sent me that a year, two years early, to, yeah, to read before. And I'm pretty sure and that you also just, did that. Yes, <laughs> amazing because that's what makes this absurd. Yeah, like, why, like the why is so important, and I worry that so. I think, I think we mentioned Filippo Rodini has come out and said not guilty. He pled not guilty. Um, it's worth mentioning. The prosecutors wanted him to be fully detained. They wanted this man. For what? His victimless crimes to be put in prison because they were like flight risk. He might leave the country. And then literally his like public defender That's said, like- are you fucking kidding me? That's the most asinine thing I've ever heard in my life. He'll stay. 
Um, so they got, they put the bail on, blah, blah. I think that's probably also one of the reasons for the high bail is that they went from like, put this man in prison for what? Like, I, the absurdest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. Um, they were this like, prosecutor no probably prison. is like cousins with somebody that owns a publishing company. D- Margaret Atwood's cousin. That's what yeah. I'm telling you. Like, that's the only thing that makes sense because what are you talking about? Um, but he said not guilty. So I don't know that we're ever going to get what we really want, which is this man on Can't an wait for the IG podcast. live, on an <laughs> IG live saying, here's why I did what I did. Here's the moment that I knew I was going to do this. Maybe we, what he could crazy. do is after the, after the. Publish, write this manuscript. Yes. Right after I, I was going to say, like, much like OJ say, if I did it. <laughs> This, this is what I want to The world's most amazing long con. It is that he was, in fact, looking for inspiration for his manuscript, but not in these books. He was just laying the groundwork for his eventual book. He's like, I cannot wait to write this heist book. Maybe he's a marketing then, genius. Like, truly. His manuscript's ready to go. He's just waiting till they get that verdict, and then you're like, boom. Oh, sold my book deal. Corey has it written. Simon and Schuster publishes it. <laughs> I would scream. I would actually. Maybe wow. this is all a lie, and it's Simon Schuster's marketing team behind it. Eh? And maybe like secretly they're covering the cost for everything. <gasps> so Simon and Schuster is out there going like, "How the FBI get involved? We thought that we didn't include anyone from an American agency for a reason." Woof. That's another thing too. Like, I would kill to be in like a jury or in just the courtroom when this trial is ongoing, if there is one. Because you can't even talk about everything this man said. Like, you couldn't, yeah. you can't bring, like, you can bring up things, but you're not trying him for every single thing he's ever done because a shit ton of them didn't involve anyone in America. He can only be charged with the crimes that affected American citizens. Yeah. So, did it even affect them? No. Barely. But also, like, <laughs> this is, this is what I'm really annoyed about because, like, the article that I've read, fantastic. That very long one, whatever. I read a bunch of art- other articles. The investigative journalist for this long article, let me find their names so that we can give them credit. Do you think this man too. would come onto our podcast and us interview him? I think he would. He'd be absolutely. Into it. Oh, 100%. Uh, Reeves Wiedemann. Okay, so uh, Reeves Wiedemann. Wrote the Spine Collector. This person had the chance to ask this man anything because they were <laughs> in direct contact with allegedly. The book person, not this. No, it was a different person. Oh, was I thought no? They're they they had texts. Remember where they were texting somebody back and forth, but they were pretending to be the other person so they played along. Oh, I see. Yeah, what you're there saying. there was okay, a, there was a moment where yes, they were playing along essentially. So they were, they had that moment. Why didn't you ask why then? Why did just at that point the the book bandit knew that you knew you both knew the other knew you could have just been outright open about it just why are you playing along just ask the question we all want to know you they had so many missed opportunities in that text because like this person just like shot off and was like oh fuck off and then just left and i was like no take advantage of that contact (laughs) we need to know why you don't need to know who So what I thought you were talking about initially is that there was somebody that they thought did this. There was like a prevailing, everyone in the publishing industry was like, it's this fucking guy. He's weird as shit. And so the author, uh, Reese, I think I said, um, sat down with that person and like talked to them to be like, is is this you? What's going on? 
And that guy came out and he had receipts everywhere. He's like, stop me. They misspell my name. They, they impersonate me like everyone else. And then I'm just picturing this really sad, like, interview with this guy over Zoom where she's like, well, why does everyone think it's you? And he's like, I'm just a weird guy. Like, I know I'm weird and I'm not great to work with, but I'm just quiet and an introvert. I promise I'm not some kind of, like, international book thief for nothing. It was just like, I felt so bad for that man in that moment. (laughs) Imagine working in an industry where everyone thinks it's you. Like, how do you, where do you go from there? Do you leave now? I don't think your email signature linked to like a Dropbox with all of the proof that you have that it's not you. (laughs) I'm not the book fan. Always going on. Like all the people that accused him, do they apologize to him now? What's the deal? I want to see this apology party. I listen it's it's wild um I think as we wrap this up too one of the most important things to know and this was came up in a tweet about this was that one of the uh also because a lot of this this did affect a lot of junior staffers as well like a lot of this was fake emails sent to junior staffers because also again it's easiest you said yourself if someone just messaged you asking for something quite frankly you could have messaged a vp and they probably send it along to you as well as long as they recognize the name and the email signature but a lot of junior staffers and one of them realized they were being asked for uh, a manuscript from the scammer because in under their boss's name they used please and thank you and they knew their boss would never write that. that and this is the moment so funny. where like I do understand the want to make this man like a hero comes from because imagine your your plan, your scam that you, has worked several times is foiled because in this industry it's weird to be treated like a human being. With, like, the most decent and basic amount of respect humanly possible of just saying please and thank you. That's the sign of, like, my boss would never. And, like, is that not publishing? That's brutal. (laughs) What a Mm. guy. I mean, like, I really hope. I don't know what I hope. Like, do we want him to be innocent or, like, to get away with it? If he isn't innocent. Here's the thing. The small, the handful of crimes that I think actually affect real people, the fact that the FBI is involved, absurd to me. Like, what? The FBI doesn't care about the translators that had their work stolen. They're not suing him for that. They probably weren't American translators. The supposed credit card theft, I don't think is listed on what he's being charged for at all. So it's not even about being innocent or not. I think it's a real stretch. At the end of the day, what a waste of resources for absolutely everyone involved. Think about, like, they talked about how, and I brought this up, this man's going to stay on someone's, like, couch in New York, one of his friends. Justice is fucking slow, man. This could take years before it's even brought up to anyone as a trial. There's a good chance, whether this man is innocent or not, he just pleads out because he doesn't live in this fucking country. So why would he stay here for three years waiting for a trial that will prove what exactly? Nothing happened. This is just, at the end of the day, I almost don't, I want desperately to know why anyone would do this, but I don't know that I care what happens because what a waste of time for everyone. This is not justice. This is so pointless. Do you think, not to like go totally veer off, do you think the credit card stealing wasn't listed because he had the credit card number but never did anything with it? Probably. That's just exactly. 
He's like, well, the credit card theft comes because they were saying that some of the domains were paid for with fraudulent credit cards. But I I think even credit card theft is like a guess as to what the fraudulent credit card means. It could mean that he inputted a number that was fake. It could mean that he bought a prepaid card without enough money and then never did anything with it. Like, there's a lot of things it could mean. Credit card theft is just one possible option. So if he did those domains with his own credit card, there'd be no crime? Yeah, wire fraud. Technically, quote unquote, wire fraud, which is where because he pretended to be some, excuse me, he pretended to be someone to gain something, and he gained intellectual property. But again, he did nothing. He didn't with do it. anything. Like, who gives he a shit? Here's the thing: he gained things. He never profited. Never. Exactly. In like, fact, if no anything, he's harmed himself if he did this. There's no point to any of this. Why are we wasting time with what? A judge, a lawyer, the FBI. Maybe, Go maybe, his, the whole Black point, maybe his whole point is to prove that the justice system is fucked and they'll waste their time. I absolutely do not believe that this random Italian man thought that he was going to prove that the U.S. justice system is fl- justice system is flawed. Really I mean, building him up. He's in my head. stunned that he was even charged because, like, I know <laughs> that Italian man, <laughs> so he knows. He fully said this is also the funniest sentence in the world to me. I'm not a U.S. citizen. How can the U.S. charge me? But you've never seen Law and Order. Like, you know, I get what you're saying. And again, this is a victimless crime. I think it's absurd that anyone's going to trial for anything. But like, if you kill someone in America, you can't go, oh, I'm Italian. I'm Italian. Bye. Like, I w- no. <laughs> I wonder how many teens have emailed an author pretending to be someone to get a manuscript. Like, I, I'm sure they've gotten it. I'm sure it's happened. Like, you can't convince me otherwise they probably already got that manuscript by hacking into the, their computer and and no one knows except on me as i say this right now you know what i'm saying like once I, again victimless crime except i don't get it anyway all this to say pointless pointless go crime. catch a serial killer fbi i think you have better shit to be doing and bump up your fucking uh fraud hr training for your fucking employees like that's all i gotta say the only reason that i hope that it is him is because this puts us closer to actually getting a why one day i just want a why i just need to know bro what was the plan what what didn't click did this go exactly how you wanted and you were just surprised that you got like what i just want to know the why i don't care about anything else let this man go back to italy what are you doing? Let him in. Yeah, honestly, he'll probably never do anything ever again. Even, I think, when, again, as a final note, something worth mentioning. A lot of people that were directly affected by this on Twitter were like, yeah, whatever. Like, someone said, like, oh, he got my manuscript. But when it didn't get published, like, when he didn't put it out anywhere in advance, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, my favorite tweet was someone saying for a little while he was impersonating their wife and it was kind of hot. Uh, I was like, good for you. That's the right energy to have. Like, the only people that care about this are old people, like, care about this to the point of, like, put him in jail, are, like, old publishing people that or are the offended principal. that they were outsmarted by Penguin Randorn House. And, like, you're not, you shouldn't have your job anymore anyway, buddy. Like, you, truly, you get. Move along. All right. <sighs> so that mind. is the absurdest and pointless crimes of Filippo Bernardini, allegedly. Um, and we'll see what happens. Maybe this just becomes a podcast where we give a rundown of whatever the publishing beef of the week is, because there's always something. It usually involves romance or YA. There's also one um, going on right now. Would you like a snippet? A big TikTok right author, a big TikTok author, um, is a- allegedly 
a Trump supporter and Ooh. a white supremacist. Ooh. Danielle Laurie? She has a mafia romance that every fucking book talker talks about. Dang. I'm just saying, maybe this is what we do from now on. Expose them all. If if the Danielle Laurie is the picture that I'm looking at right now, like this is their face. Yes, they are. The sweetest oblivion is the book. So don't read that, guys. Don't support them. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just telling you looking at their face. Yep, I'm comfortable in saying that that is correct. If you want to share your opinions on the uh, Filippo Bernardini series or saga or anything that you want to share, you can find us at EatsCast on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, let us know your thoughts. If there's anything you'd like us to talk about, tweet at us there. You can also drop a line on Anchor where you can send us a voice recording and we'll put it in one of our episodes as we talk about it. Uh, and, you know, we're back. Enjoy. Uh, we'll be here next week with another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. 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 Okay, I've got multiple questions. One, was it a spider dick? Because aren't those the kind that have claws in them? And two, I feel like already this is off base because spider sex, the woman ties up the dude and just has her way with him and then eats him. So already I feel like the, this is falling apart. The man was the spider. Something about his like venom. He bites her so she can take his huge penis, obviously. I, um, no. <laughs> I, have, I don't know why i'm so confused right now. i'm just like I don't, I... nothing about it is confusing it's very clear what has happened this book has been written with no research into spider sex at all